It is a time of legend. The galaxy is in flames. The age of knowledge and enlightenment has ended. The age of darkness has begun. Greetings and welcome to the 17th episode of the Fires of Betrayal podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to discussing the various games set in the Age of Darkness, as well as all the lore that surrounds them. In today's episode, we are tattling the infrequently asked questions that Games Workshop have finally given us some responses to. And yes, I did say infrequently asked, as I think most of the really large-scale problems have been dealt with very quickly in this. For that regard, I'm going to be joined by a number of friends who I'll introduce here in a second. But before I get to that, I want to do a quick show update. Um, for those of you who've been subscribed to the show for a while will have noticed that I've not probably put a show out in a bit. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this particular podcast. While I'm recording to this podcast, the podcast before this one is still being edited. It has been in the process of being edited for the course of the last six weeks. And I hope to get it done this week. And when it's done, I'll start work on this one. I suspect that the podcast will come very quick for a while, as I'm about to have some more time as we're at the end of the school year. Then we're going to slow down again. After Christmas, I'm going to be starting a college class. So I'm going to do podcasts when I feel like it, which means no regular scheduled appearance of shows. The shows will appear on content that I don't want to talk about and done and edited in a time that it takes me to take. I'm not running a Patreon or not charging anyone for the show, so I don't feel indebted to a regular schedule. Shows come out when they come out. Just wanted to address that because I know some people care about that sort of stuff. Anyway, with all, all that said, I'm going to go through and introduce who we've got on today's show. So today I'm joined by a regular contributor, Will. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Uh, we've also got Brandon checking in from the uh, Legion cast again. Hello, hello. Great to be here. And then uh, finally, I've got my friend Cameron coming on for the first time on the show completely. He was one of the voices that pushed me to creating the uh, Fires of Betrayal cast and was going to be a regular host. But life sort of happened. And uh, oh, finally here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> I think it's been almost a year since you started. And I was originally planning to be there. And like you said, life happened. Yeah, it's all good. I understand. Before we get going into the FAQs, I just want to do a quick sort of hobby update, and I'll open the floor up to the folks to yell about what they've been doing. Since the last time I recorded, I haven't done a huge amount. I've been to uh, one single heresy event, which was a Thanksgiving event down in Texas that was really good fun. Uh, we just had a mega battle with only armored vehicles allowed, and uh, I played through that and um, painted up some word bearers tanks for it. Other than that, most of my heresy focus has been on reading the latest End of the Death book, which was really good. Um, me and AJ should be having a conversation in the next couple of weeks about uh, our current spoiler-filled thinking about those books. I then started work on a new army. I got some wild hair a couple of months ago that I really wished I'd painted an Imperial Fist army instead of my word bearers, and then one thing led to another, and now I'm got a new army I'm building, so it's going to be a lovely yellow Imperial Fist force that I'll probably talk about a bit more after Christmas when I've got most models. So, yeah, that's about it. Uh, so I just last week recorded my uh, call-in for uh, the Age of Darkness podcast uh, that they're doing their militia call-in show. So that's a project that I've got sort of working on the back burner. Uh, in part, it's not the active project that I'm doing because uh, I had been challenged by uh, by a friend to see if I could come up with a list to put the demons. At the time, the Demons of Ruin Storm hadn't come out. It was just the, uh, the bound demons and the demon engines together and ended up uh, designing a word bearer list that uh, uh, between that friend, JP, Martin, couple other people were like this is a really really cool list this looks so awesome on the board you should do it and so i caved to opinion because i was like yeah i i kind of want to do this and so i'm actually using the 40k models the chaos models like raptors for my assault marines and havocs for my my heavy support uh, because the whole theme of it is erebus leading a very corrupted force 
for uh, for word bearers. So it's going to have uh, Gore, uh, Galvor back. It's going to have brutes. It's going to have a uh, a herald. It's going to have uh, blood slaughterers uh, and then assault marines and you know going heavily into that whole uh, corrupted thing. In fact. Just before we started recording, I had just finished putting in the last of the black on the 15 assault marines that I'm working on, so that I can start on a new color in the morning. Um, that's really cool. And I, I sort of forgot there that I also will be appearing on that call-in show that may or may not be out by the time this one is. It was jolly good fun to jump on there and have a chat with those guys. My militia project is also moving ahead very slowly, but uh, it's. It's a lot to paint, so it's nice to have breaks in that front. I like the idea of the uh, using the the forty k sculpts to to represent the the uh, corruption. Well, it is a dark brethren right of war, and everything has dark channeling, so it is all corrupted uh, or demonic. So, yeah, I really wanted to lean heavily into that look. Uh, the other th- the other theme that I have going on is uh, flames, so. Every unit is going to have some sort of flaming something, like flaming sensors, flaming caramels. Um, the uh, the demon herald I'm using is actually the new uh, demon uh, prince sculpt, and the spines that are coming out of the backpack vent I've actually turned into little, like tiny little flames on him because I think that's going to be a really good look uh, to bring the whole army together. There's flames everywhere. So. Cameron, you were just getting going into the heresy finally. Uh, what have you been working on? Yeah, um, so last week, uh, while classes were winding down, I started working through that um, the Mark III box set. And uh, I've got about half of it together. And I've got that coupled with the, the Betrayal from Kalth stuff that I had from way back when. I was able to play my first game, my first two games last Saturday, and that was 1,600 points for the first one and then 2,400 points. Vastly different. Um, But uh, I'm doing Iron Warriors. Um, I had a color scheme last year, and then uh, I can't remember it, so I'm starting fresh with the Mark III guys. Um, And I've got a, a Dreadnought that or a Leviathan from way back that I had primed up in silver and started working on at the same time. That makes sense. And there's some joy about being able to start over with a paint scheme. The whole starting the Imperial Fist over has been really nice to just go back to those base principles again. Brandon, you been working on anything heresy-related or even non-heresy-related? Uh, yes, to both of those questions, actually. Um we on Legion Cast are doing our Christmas Secret Santa gift exchange. Uh, I think I can talk about because by the time you you have this out, we should have done that already. Uh, but uh, I pulled my co-host Warwick, who has been doing Ultramarines and Night Lords. So I painted up some Night Lords Raptors for him. Uh, I ended up having to use the Chaos. Space Marines uh, from 40k as a base because uh, when I was doing my shopping to to get the kit, there's just a lot of sold out stuff. So I had to uh, kind of think on my feet there a bit. And the Raptors from that are very Night Lords ish. I 3D printed some some different heads for them, scraped off as many of the eight pointed stars as I could find. Uh, but like the the pretty gnarly looking chain swords with the hooks on the end and stuff like that, I thought was very Night Lords. So I just finished that up, got that in the mail, uh, and then looking forward, I am going to be focusing on my Emperor's children for a while and getting them up and going. Um, still playing around a bit with how how I want them to work, but uh, I'm th- seriously considering adding a small Night Lords. Or, sorry, not Night Lords, but uh, small Iron Warriors uh, allied detachment to them to bring a little bit of ranged threat to that army because that's something I've been struggling with in the few games I've played. But uh, we'll see. As far as non-heresy stuff, I, uh, I'm i going to be going to LVO in January and I'm going to be playing in the Middle-Earth tournament that they're hosting there. So I have been painting up uh, my Mordor army for that. 
uh, looking forward to that. Should be some good fun. That's that sounds really neat. I really want to do the LVO. Just it's even more awkwardly timed than Adepticon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will let you know how it goes. Yeah, we'll talk a bit more about cons. I think in a few weeks, I'm hoping to sit down and talk a lot more about Adepticon um, as we barrel in at the start of its ramp up. That's not for today. I think we've we've gone through, talked enough about what everyone's been up to. I think it's time for us to focus in on the main event, which was middle of last week from the time we were recording this, was the release of a whole pile of FAQs by Games Workshop, coming like a couple of weeks after a rumor sort of spread around the heresy communities that Games Workshop was done with FAQs for the heresy, and uh, there was a surge of people talking about FAQs. This arrives out of nowhere. Maybe not quite nowhere. Maybe they are trying to listen to what the community has to say. And um, yeah, some things changed for the better, some for the worse. And we're going to talk through that in as best we can manage. Uh, there's a lot of material, so we're not going to cover it all, but we'll try and hit the highlights. With all that said, where do we want to start? I think the uh, best place to start is just with the uh, core book. Not a whole lot of huge changes, but there are a couple of that are really stand out. Yeah, I think well, I think the first one I need we need to address is reactions change. They put in a new section, making it explicitly clear that when you do a shooting reaction, you can only make an attack. Like you can't trade out your attack for any other action. So no demons, pocket summoning, no firing up um, cognitism, which is nice i think i don't think it breaks the game in any way i think it mostly improves it yeah i i like this a lot um the most i've seen of this was is the cogniz signum people firing that off but i i think that just taking that away it doesn't hurt you to the point where you're not gonna return fire but it it does give you as the active player it gives you a, a little better of a chance of withstanding that my opinion is that uh, reaction shooting reactions uh, are a little bit overpowered compared to any other type of reaction in the game. So anything that's that's putting a, uh, a limit on shooting reactions is kind of my uh, kind of in my wheelhouse. That said, you know, I was just finishing building all these demons where I could I could uh, uh, pocket summon them as a reaction. But good thing I wasn't originally planning on doing that anyway. Just Hard disagree on because I think the best reaction in the game is hold the line. Still, maybe hold the line isn't very effective against a uh, a castle or a turtle. Um, hold the line's utility has dropped a s small amount with this FAQ. We'll get there in a minute. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of that, uh, let's talk about charge reactions. Um, they have also stated that uh, we you don't need to declare if you're making a reaction until after the charge rolls have been made. So my opinion on this was, I don't know why this was a needed. Um, honestly, it, it takes, I don't know the close combat armies were really all that strong, uh, no. but, but it, it does take away the whole element of trying to draw out the reaction by, by declaring charges. Yeah. Now, you, if it's like, oh, that's an eight-inch charge, you're probably not going to make it. I don't even have to bother to declare until I find out if you do or not. So, you know, why there's no there's no tactic or strategy in trying to now draw out the reaction because the the reacting player has no downside to waiting it out. I was I was just going to say it sounds it, it sounds like what they're trying to do though is bring it in line with. For example, with the Iron Warriors, our advanced reaction is specified to be after everything has been done, that's when we trigger it. Or I don't have to decide to do it immediately when you, when you say, hey, I'm shooting at that unit. I wait to see how badly you've hurt me, and then I pop it. And that, that's what it feels like that they're trying to bring that in line with. Um, yeah, my thought there is it's... The one thing it fixes is the very weird edge case where someone holds the line, fails their check, and flees, and the other the people they were holding the line to only move like two inches. It stops that from occurring as much, which, you know, is thematic perhaps, but is a bit anticlimactic and not great for the game. 
But if that's the case, it's a pretty heavy-handed fix. Yeah, I, I really don't like this one either for all the reasons you guys have stated. I mean, the only other re way it's better is that does fix add sportsmanship because theoretically you could go, I'm charging and then just quickly roll the dice and go, oh, you missed your opportunity. Well, I mean, if if you're going to be doing that, the, people are going to be doing the stupid stuff like that anyway. But honestly, I don't think I've ever come across anybody that like, I'm charging and then immediately roll the dice. Oh, now you can't react. Um, more commonly, it's oh, I forgot reactions are a thing. Do you mind if I react to this? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm it's it's fixing a problem that isn't isn't prevalent in the heresy community. I, I've been guilty of this, I guess, in a way, in that, like, you know, when I'm getting my stuff into combat, I get really excited and I go, I'm gonna charge here and I roll my dice and I go, Oh, did you want to react to that? And then, you know, I'm like, you can see you can already see the roll. You know if I made it or not, but you can react either way. So that and I think that's the way it should be played if that's what happens. I'm gonna skip a couple of the small alterations. I think the next one that's actually worth looking at is the changes to Haywire. Haywire and Graviton Pulse, they guess sort of go together. I think this is a good change. I didn't really use either of those rules before the change. I think it makes more sense for Graviton Pulse makes sense for Dreadnoughts now, because they don't have to make their strength check. Um, Haywire, yeah, it does what it's supposed to do. I don't. I didn't really have much issue with this one, uh, one way or the other. I don't use it either one, uh, really. So I did have to actually go and look and see what they were changing to start with. So it wasn't that big an issue one way or the other by me. Uh, they clarified independent characters and infiltrate again. Nothing that surprised me. This reads exactly how I suspected it should read. And then we actually get, so they were, they were the erratas, and we actually then start getting into the actual questions that are the Q&As. And this is where things get a little bit more um, interesting. I think the first one, the first new question they have answered was, can you use a ram action when moving onto the table if you're a vehicle? They said no, uh, which is a choice. I thought it would, being able to ram as you came on would stop certain behaviours, like conga lining of troops. It's a shame that's been closed down but it is what it is the one that got me and i don't know that anybody was even doing this and i wouldn't have ever thought to do it myself was the primark change in colors combat when in a challenge apparently people are getting primarks into a challenge and then using precise strikes to or precision strikes to hit models outside the challenge i, I wouldn't have even have it wouldn't even have occurred to me to think that that was a thing same here um there's quite a few of those ones where I read as like, ah, oh, that's a um, that's a question that I certainly didn't ask for because it may like it's pretty clear from the reading of the rules what the intent was. But you know, the one that does conf the the one that does confuse me is the uh, the force org chart only has one optional detachment uh, aside from your lord or you know for allies, and then there is a limit to. How many allied detachments you can take? No, so I'm I don't know where that question was coming from, or, or what yes. that's supposed to be addressing. Yes, that question because obviously the Mechanicum book unlocks a whole pile more optional detachments. I think the one word answer no has caused more confusion than the question not even being asked. Well, the other thing is, is they make a clarification regarding factions, and they're like. Yes, Space Marine Legions can ally with Space Marine Legions because they're different factions, but different Tacmatas are, are all Mechanicum, and so they can't ally different Tacmatas together, which still doesn't clarify the question of whether uh, Knights are Mechanicum and can or cannot ally with other Mechanicum units as an allied detachment. Yeah. The rules commentaries that come sort of after, we've, we've also got the where they talk about how things come in reserve which is really nice to see spelt out in excruciating detail. And I'm not like, there's no sarcasm intended. It's really good. I think what we're going to end up have happening is in the next errata, we will see allies and detachments spelt out in a very similar, really nth degree way, because I think that's what's lacking. With everything scattered over five or six places, it's just really hard to... Something that's just like, this is how it's done, follow these steps... So hopefully they will, someone will spend the 15, 20 minutes required for them to explain in simple language what needs to be done. Because yeah, just saying, n no, there's no limit, doesn't help. 
Have you got any other thoughts on the FAQ section? Any of the questions jump out to you as being anomalous? Um, it's not a big important one, but I do like that they've clarified the uh, the the final question here about uh, Horus's can't be hit by better than a four up or Rogel Dorns can't be wounded by a better than a four up that mm -hmm. you can still hit their retinue as normal. Yes. Uh, pretty edge case, but nice to know. Yeah, it's those edge cases that cause real abuse, though, so it is nice that they spell it out. Yeah, it's... And we could go through each of them all continually, but I think most of them are fairly... Like I say, most of them are fairly sensible. I think nothing out, nothing really jumped out at me as being, oh my god, this has changed the nature of the game. Perhaps, with the exception of the Allies one, it, based on certain people's readings, where they're like, yes, you could take multiple Allied detachments now. And I get that argument, but I also get the argument that you can't, so um, it's going to be sort of, you know, on friends, on event organizers to clarify what they think Games Workshop meant. I wonder if their intent by, uh, e even if they muddied the waters, was this is how you're going to get your black shields now, is that you're going to have multiple allied det uh, detachments of Marines, because they talk about having basically one allied detachment per legion yeah i think that's that's on that list and it's not a bad plan apart from you know the creation of ultimate hero hammer like you've now got an unlimited amount of hqs you can take providing you just keep on taking allied detachments and a rhino and you know small troop choice that's the primary uh faq let's move over i'm just going to move down the list so looking at the one for Liber Astartes. I think on the broad spectrum, there wasn't a huge amount of change. Um, I think the two biggest things that caught me on the Astartes is, first of all, they fixed Immortals, giving them the Breacher charges that they should have had. So that got added. Uh, the other one is, is that there had been all these arguments that I'd seen about a uh, chaplain being able to uh, convert his Mastercrafted weapon into a Mastercrafted Thunderhammer. And they've now fixed that to no, it's just a mastercrafted power weapon. Which is nice and salt. Nice. Um, I'm glad. I am confused by the uh, by the whole Moratats now being able to join any unit, even though they have better duty, but Yeah, that's the I, I get the ruling there because it their thinking and the reading of the rules with this particular So the ruling is that can a model with an independent character and bitter duty and bitter duty special rules join a unit that does not have bitter duty and they said yes so when you read the section on independence joining units it's always done in the way that the unit exists and the character joins it joining the independent character and bitter duty only stops people only stops people without bitter duty joining them and doesn't stop someone with bitter duty joining a unit Oh no, I get I get where the ruling is coming from as far as this is how the rules read. So yes, yeah, you can do it. What I'm saying is is the concept of better duty and the entire reason that the uh rule exists would suggest no, you, you don't have a more attack the rule exists because um you know, mechanics wise you probably don't want your destroyers getting super duper souped up, but yeah. like from a theme the Bitter duty is because nobody wants to be around the destroyers. You're more tad as a lone wolf, and and for the longest time in Heresy 1.0, couldn't even attach to anything. You know, he's the lone wolf because nobody wants to be around him either. So, you know, yeah, I'm him joining destroyers made sense. Him joining anybody else makes no sense. I understand where they came from with the rules. With narratively, I am with you that it's a little bit of a weird thing. It's going to be very strange to see all these Moritats now suddenly popping up in the middle of giant blobs. Because that's what's going to, about to happen. Yeah, you're about to see a lot more Moritats. Well, I mean, I, I per personally have three Moritats because I like converting the uh, Cypher model into Moritats because it looks friggin' awesome. So I have one for my Thousand Suns, one for my uh, Space Wolves. And I bought a new one just to do with my word bears because I happen to like the concept of Moritats as the lone wolves trying to go around getting themselves killed. Yeah, my word bearer with Moritats has been built out of the Hercron will claim of the guy with the jump pack. 
he's got the normal he's got that spear from 40k so I, he's got now two pistols and uh it worked okay yeah i mean that's the the main ones there uh i do want to talk real quick about they they did clarify the deathwing companion their shields which uh, if you guys have opened up the rule book and looked at these things it is just a paragraph of what is actually happening with this thing this FAQ makes it a lot more clear because I'd have to explain it to people and they'd be like, I don't know. The rule doesn't really make sense to me. I'm like, this just makes my life so much easier. Yeah, it's it's no change. It's just spelling it out. So there's no arguments. Exactly. You know, what would have been easier is just to remove the Deathwing companions. Wait, what did I say? <laughs> now, now, don't get salty. <laughs> it's, they're easy to remove. Just shoot them with enough lascan- lasguns. Right. They were my MVP because they got tied in the 2400 point game I played. The poor guy I was playing, he charged them into two dre- or into one dreadnought and they just they couldn't they couldn't break it. They almost did by the end of the game, but it was just it it became a tar pit when I put my second contemptor in there and it just wasn't moving. My my first experience with them was at Circle City Heresy, not this year, but last year, uh, you know, first games of Heresy. And I, I literally just threw together whatever list I could with my Thousand Sons because my Space Wolves weren't ready for 2.0. And every version of my list for Thousand Sons was broken by 2.0. So I was just putting something together. And I ended up uh, doing a, um, a Centurion match. Because uh, they were doing some frontline, some Centurion and whatnot. And I did a Centurion match against uh, Dark Angels. And he put two Contemptors on the table. And I went, oh my god, that's going to be really hard to fight. He's like, no, no. That's not the unit that you should be worried about. And then he put Companions on the uh, table and, and told me what they did. And I'm like, should I just concede right now? He says, no, no, we should play. And within a turn and a half, I was dead. So, you know. at the Yeah, at the precipice of ruin event in kansas city every time that that unit would get charged for me it'd be like all right we're locked in combat i'm like no 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 you're in here with me just so we're clear (laughs) (laughs) okay so moving over to the uh hereticus faq um there is thing i really want to bring up i think one of the best changes i've seen in the faq is the change to the sunzi chorus uh merciless fighter special rule yes Um, it now works on a disordered charge which is brilliant. Hold the line no longer turns off Sons of Horus. I think this needs to go out to a few more rules out there. I would love to see this for my Emperor's children. Yeah, well, I was thinking particularly of World Eaters. Yeah. I think uh, Emperor's children, this is the thing, uh, the Emperor's children rules are good, but I can kind of narratively see... Narratively, I 100% understand why it should not be disordered, but I'm a power gamer here. People, come on. But, but with, I think the Sons of Horus Merciless Fights, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's all about how savage these guys are. You sh- it should just, they're in a fight. Well, Sons of Horus really needed this help. I play against them a lot, and this is where my bad opinion of Hold the Line comes up from, because if they're in the Black Reaving Rite of War... You hold the line, and now you have turned off their legion trait, their right of war, everything. So it's it's just it's nice to see that they're still going to get something, even if you hold the line. Then again, they also did take away. They pointed out that uh, in the Iron Warriors Fretinal Bolters can't get uh, bayonets, which is a decision. I, it's something that that, and this is the reason why I found it funny, is because Iron Warriors. I new Iron Warriors are always saying they should. Veteran Iron Warriors, because I'm in the Iron Warriors group, all are like, yeah, we should, but I mean, it's clearly obviously we don't, and so apparently this is for the people who haven't already gotten bitter and, and given up. That said, you know, we are dealing with the uh, Liber Hereticus, and you are Martin and your word bearers. I'm surprised you didn't, like, the first thing jump on was the blue text. I, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, so uh, the the problem with there is I have to I have to acknowledge that special characters exist. Fair, fair. <laughs> I, I'm I'm stuck in second edition. They only occur when I get my opponent's permission. My two cents about the the 
uh, bayonets would be, I wish that there was more of an explanation than yes or no on some of these, and this is one of them. Um, I can see it going both ways. I don't understand physically why you couldn't strap a a bayonet to it, but at the same time, I can understand mechanically if I pin a unit with... If I'm running Fury of Olympia and I'm just moving down the field shooting at you and I pin you and then I charge you, that seems scary to me. I haven't been able to do it yet because I tried to avoid close combat, but that's giving me that's making me buy chain swords versus a two-point upgrade for a chain bayonet. And, and the thing that makes it interesting to me uh, is they point out, you know, Iron Warriors, and they don't go like Iron Warriors or, or Sons of Horrors. I mean, they do say Legion-specific, so like Pain Strike. I would be more concerned with this from Pain Strike than I would from uh, the Iron Warriors. That's true. Um, it does make Bane Strike Bolters really problematic. It has a lot of, like, it does probably have a lot of repercussions down the line. Now, the, the one that I will point out that uh, is uh, there, there has been an argument that, that was brought up at Warzone Houston and I've since seen online is because the way uh, modifying weapon strengths versus modifying uh, uh, characteristic mm -hmm. strengths work with the basic rules. Some people have made the argument that Iron Hand, or excuse me, Iron Warriors Legion trait doesn't actually do anything because it says weapons have a fixed, anything that has a fixed strength value can't be modified. So if you've got a, a weapon that says this is strength six or this is strength 10, you can't then like double it or add plus one or something like that to it, which uh. is nominally, I think, supposed to be, you know, strictly melee weapons, but that's not how the, uh, the book is worded, so people were making the argument, you know, just in discussing rules, not actually playing this way, but, you know, as, yeah. you know, while we we're at dinner and, you know, hanging out late night heresy type things and just having discussions, it was brought up that, you know, the way technically it's written is the rule doesn't work. And it's interesting because the last question in the Hereticus sort of touches on this in a way in that, you know, you're only allowed to use strength six weapons, but if your weapon is already strength six and you're shooting against a building or a vehicle, does that, uh, and which turns it into strength seven, does that mean it's no longer a defensive weapon? Yeah, and they're saying it's still strength six. Yeah, it's one of those things I need to read the rules pretty closely about how exactly it works and where in the order of operations that plus one strength occurs. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where it's, um, and I don't think this is an official rule, but it's one of those things where in the core rules, if you have a special Legion rule that overrides a core rule, I defer to the Legion rule. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree because in this book, I don't recall seeing the rule in there, but in prior books, there used to be a statement that said the specific uh, overrides the general. So if you have a specific scenario that does something specific, that breaks the uh, the general rule that might affect that. Just going over to Zodu Layak for a second, because you did bring him up a second ago. He is now a very interesting character with having a unit that can like become super unit. Because you can now add um, a command squad to his, him and his two blade slaves. He's got the Master of Legion traits, so he can take a bodyguard a retinue unit, so you could add like ten power. Well, dudes with their uh, artificer armor and shields, and a banner, and the two blade slaves, and him, and make quite a small Death Star, which is pretty cool. But I think he's the only named character who, or only character with Master of the Legion who comes in a squad initially. So he's always going to be a bit of an anomaly. I do think that it makes him a little bit more interesting to take. I mean, from a fluff perspective, I think he's a really cool character anyway. Arguably one of the more interesting characters in the Heresy. But yeah, how always having his Blade Slaves with him sort of made things a little bit weird as a as a nominally independent character. So the fact that he can actually leave his slaves, he has to start with them, but he can leave his slaves and go off and do other things does give you a bit more flexibility and then 
building a Death Star around him along with his slaves, it becomes a really powerful unit. So that all said, I think it's time to go and talk about the PDF with the most changes that I was most excited by, uh, namely the Legion Astartes Legacies of the Age of Darkness. This, while there were no, like, rules changes like there were so many things that got updated um it seemed like everything got some form of points change or some small change small rules change the sparta uh, spartha attack bikes actually went from being utterly and devastatingly useless to hey these might not be completely worthless to take anymore yeah uh, they still don't they still don't have the tough five that they used to just like the rest of bikes uh, have gotten hit but they now have two wounds, two attacks, and their uh, points have dropped enough to they are actually a viable option. That is very true. Um, interesting. And if it wasn't for the fact their model was so terrible and old, I think they will start seeing people's alternate versions of them popping up really soon. I know for a fact that there is a, uh, there is a 3D print file out there um, of a sidecar that goes onto the uh, Outrider bike uh, that uh, Forge World had put out, and it's a really nice conversion because um, that was done uh, put out a few years ago by John Stanford. So I know it's out there in the wild. Send me that, please. I will have to see if I can reach out to. I don't have three D files, but I will. I'll reach out to John to see if I can. I can get it and pass it along. That would be great. I just bought fifteen bikes. The squad I want to take a moment to talk about, because I rediscovered them on my list building for my Imperial Fists, is the Legion Nullificators. So they've, they've done a few things to Legion Nullificators. Well, they've done one thing, really, which is make their Aethershot Mauls plus two strength and Deflagorate and AP3, which is really interesting. Giving them strength six Deflagorate means they're actually going to be okay at fighting demons now. They are still atrociously expensive for what they are. Um, I tried to point them out because I noticed that each nullificator can take a disintegrator. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny to have a blob of five disintegrators? Um, but you are looking at a unit that runs at like over 300 points. Yeah, just take a Moritat with dual, uh, dual disintegrator pistols and hide them in your tactical squad now. Well, yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, I, I am actually looking at right here underneath my monitor is a unit of uh, nullificators that I converted, uh, but never finished painting or basing. So they're sitting here looking at me accusatorily, um, but I'll, I'll need to figure out something to do with them. They were just a really cool uh, conversion project at the time with no real plans. Yeah. Um, on a similar note, before we go too far, I think the uh, Indominus Terminators also took a bit of a uh, nerf. Not too much. They went from when you're using Pride of the Legion, they were lined straight up. Now they're in line with the rest of that. Uh, the the Right of War. The Right of War said that they were. The Right of War makes any Tartarus or Cataphracti compulsory. These are now just in line with that. Can't see people taking them in in a, as a replacement to either of those anymore. Yeah, I will, but that's because I'm crazy. I was going to say that and the fact that I already have them painted up uh, for my Space Wolves, so I'm going to continue to take it, taking them because they look cool. I have got ten that I'm putting together for my Emperor's Children because Initiative 2 Thunder Hammers are tasty. Well, yeah, okay. Okay, well, I'll take it back then. And I, and I know, and I'm being spoiled with Imperial Fists because I look at their Storm Shields and go, they don't work that well, do they? Um... The, the other thing to bear in mind with the Indominus is they are in a troop slot. So even if you're not, they are a support squad. So, you know, uh, unless you're taking Pride of the Legion, they are going to be a support squad. But they are an, a Terminator in a troop slot. So, yeah, there's probably still going to be people taking them. They, they're not as good a choice as, uh, as Cataphracti or Tartarus for what they are. But at the same time, they're a little bit cheaper and they're a little bit of a balance either way. And then if, like, for Space Wolves, they're still heavy, which means that they're still going to be plus one weapon skill on the turn they charge. So, yes. yeah, cheap plus one weapon skill Terminators in a troop slot. I'll take that. Yeah, the thing is, though, they can, they can sweep. They can. They can, unlike uh, Cataphracti. So I actually think they're better than Cataphracti when you give them that Storm Shield because they can sweep. I was um, 
I mean, I'm doing it, and like I say, with the vision of the Imperial Fist I'm putting together, and it's like they don't, they can't give them uh, teleporters, and their shields aren't as good as the shields I can put on my Cataphracte and Tartarus. And the other thing about the uh, shields is, is it's any model, not all models. So you can put a few in, uh, scatter them in there to uh, to act as uh, your tanking units, and still take like the assault cannon on another model. That is true. Isn't that the story on uh, on Imperial Fist? Is they're just like we have what you have, but better. Yes, I thought that there was the Dark Angels uh, motto. That's the that's the lore Dark Angels. We're talking about the game here. We're we're talking about Games Workshop turning uh, Imperial Fists into the Chosen Sons. Got it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I, I want to be clear. I'm not collecting Imperial Fists. I'm I'm collecting Black Templars who haven't painted their army uh, their armor black. Did you notice the new rule for the ass ram? The Cestus Assault Ram now has the ability to, uh, when it comes in, Terminators and Terminators only. So it, it's not an assault vehicle for everybody. But for Terminators, it's now an assault vehicle, so they can assault out of it, which now makes it from a kind of cool-looking model that people were taking for nostalgia reasons to back to actually being a somewhat useful model. Just remember that, that you can't, as soon as you've entered as reserves, you can't assault out of it. I do. Well, you wouldn't be able to do that anyway, because it, yeah, because the way flyers work. But uh, okay, what else have we got? Okay, so the uh, the other big change I think is uh, a massive amount of points drops. Like nearly every Lord of the War has had a huge amount of points drops, making most of the Lord of War now like really tempting for most armies. My it's like a. My number one pick out of the units that have dropped in price has now become the Legion Crassus Armored Support was Armored Support Armored Assault Transport. Uh, it's down to three hundred points. It is a eight hull point thirteen twelve twelve thirty five transport brick. Speaking of transport bricks, uh, I'm I'm sorry to see that it's still only twenty, but the uh, Stormlord is working its way back up to party status. Uh, a party bus status. It, it it went from forty to ten transport with a ungodly points value to now the points are still kind of hard to swallow, but not too bad. Uh, it's still some at six fifty. It's something worth thinking about. Where seven fifty, it wasn't. But doubling to twenty now makes a fun transport. I, I looked at the six. I looked at it and went, "I'd look guy nice and yellow." I looked at the Revolka Mega Bolter and went, "An auto weapon." 15 shots hitting on a 2+. plus. Hey, uh, uh, Cameron, I did see that the Tormentor went down from 900 to 800 points. So if if you're ever playing a, you know, like 5,500-point game, you could bring Tartarabo's dedicated transport. But you know, I can't put the Iron Circle in it, which means I have to run the best sad boys <laughs> as his bodyguard. Hey, hey, it, it... So you could always have them run alongside. I mean, they're not going to get his his bonuses uh, unless they're with him. But uh, I I laugh because I actually have a version of my uh, pride list that has uh, uh, has Russ in it, and he brings along his wolves. But he either makes a unit, forms a unit with them, or forms a unit with the Varigir. And of course, I use the Varigir as his bodyguard. But the wolves are pretty much as fast as the Lehman Rosses. So, you know, I just have them run alongside the Lehman Ross because walkies, walkies. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I think a lot of those super heavy tanks are definitely worth looking at now. Like, the those Bane Bane variants are, yeah, awfully tempting. I, I will admit, I, I will admit, I, I've I, I've always been a fan of Bane Blade chassis anyway, so I've, I've looked for excuses to add one I just never have, and really I need to. Yeah, I might I might pick up a Shadow Sword, just for to be spicy. They also cut the price on the Legion Minotaur as well, which, you know, I've got one of those sitting in my uh, basement that comes out at once a year. At 250 points, it may almost be um, only 100 points overcosted now. You know, I, I, I hear somebody is building some uh, some Iron Warriors, maybe he might be interested in picking it up from you. No, I'm not going to sell it. Um, so I think that's worthwhile going to the uh, Legion Pacific units. There's been quite a few changes down here. Some bad, uh, some ugly, and some fantastic. I did not know Falmentaris were all redheads. So yes. 
Ultramarines, Elites, Tumultuaris, Terminator Squad, the guys who were playing with missiles that could shoot you when they were hiding in a bunker, uh, isn't quite the case anymore. They've taken right to all of their missiles, which is fairly nice. Yeah, somebody took the nerf bat to the Fulmentaris and uh, forgot to uh, use the nerf and just went and grabbed the aluminum. Ouch, but yes. Yeah, they, they got hit hard. Um, I would have liked to maybe have seen something a little less heavy-handed because these guys were really only a, a true problem in 10s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very manageable if you brought them in 5s. I didn't like their ability to shoot without seeing. So, like, yeah. getting rid of that was good, but then they sort of went so far in the other direction. Yeah, and, like, changing the targeter, I think... Uh, well, changing the targeter and changing AP2 Brutal 2, that was a needed thing. Uh, frankly, I don't know why the Fulmentaris missiles aren't just simply uh, another Cyclone missile rack um, and just shoot the same missiles everybody else does. Uh, I, I didn't see the reason why they needed and if they were going to baseball bat them anyway, why do they just didn't convert that over to being Cyclone missile launchers? But not only did their their guided missile, which I think did need to go away, go away. Uh, at least they got twin link out of it, but I don't know that standing still for twin link is, is that great a deal. But the missiles are, I don't know that I would say that, uh, that I would want these over a cyclone rack. And then on top of that, that you also give up any form of melee weapon, like you, you, it's just gone. The, your basic power weapon doesn't exist anymore. You now have to buy it, and you have to give up the targeter to do it. I think my question is, is if it's supposed to be a refinement of the Tyrant launchers, um, it's... I mean, that first profile is showing that, but the second profile, I don't see how breaching is... Uh, strength 7, AP4, Heavy 1 breaching, 4+, plus is... A refinement on a crack missile on a two-shot crack missile because it's a it's a plasma missile now and yeah i agree that that's part of why i don't think that that it's i get why the stat line is because it's a plasma missile that said it shouldn't be heavy one but here's the only thing i have to say about the targeter and, and this is just me having played the game too stupid long the whole targeter and you don't have a, a, a melee weapon if you have the targeter uh, does actually feel nostalgic for me because if we reach back to second edition and early third edition, when if you had the uh, missile launcher, you had to have the targeter and that replaced your power fist. I was just gonna say, yeah, it, it's it's nostalgia. And my my little metal terminators from that era just became a lot more valuable. I think. Um, I think other than their giant hit with the nerf hammer, the other change they made, and we won't focus on any particular unit, is that. A lot of the special characters that existed um, gained red text basically saying this guy can count as X guy for certain right of war, which was really nice. It probably means that some of those characters will actually see play in their relative chapter lists. Thoughts about that, Brandon, especially the Dark Angels one? I know you're not overly keen on the Dark Angels right of war anyway, so... Well, that Actually, I was going to talk about that because there's no right of war for the Dark Angels that requires a Siege Breaker. Oh, okay. So, I don't know... I don't know what, what the thought process there was. Getting everything else in line with... Uh, getting them in line with everything else, really. Yeah. Is there a generic right of war that requires a Siege Breaker? Not that I'm aware at the moment. Uh, there might be, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I know that in order to access, uh, Fospex shells, you have to have a siege breaker. So, but that's not a right of war. Yeah. That may just be future proofing, which if it's future proofing, maybe they know something we don't. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing with, uh, Gollum, uh, Gollum Sirlock, uh, you know, that I'm looking at here is he now counts as a Primus Medicae. Uh, since Fury of the Legion doesn't require a Primus Medicae anymore, I don't know of any reason why it would be for rights of war that require it, this is. I'm more okay with Gar uh, Garland Sirlak because he does something for that army. This I was really disappointed with this Ferreth Red Loss upgrade because the problem with him is that he's a Dreadwing guy and he's 
competing in that regard with one of, in my opinion, the best named characters in the game, which is Marduk Cedrus. Yes. Who, and I believe they're functionally, I think they're the same, exact same points, but Cedrus gives me, oh, okay, my entire army is now preferred enemy, whatever you are running. So, a little bit disappointed with this as well, especially since Ferreth Redloss is such a cool character from the books as well. I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen him gotten a little more love. Same with Holguin. Holguin didn't even get anything. Anything else? Uh, so all the other PDFs had some minor changes here and there. I think the militia, they cleared up the idea that the uh, jump jet guys can only have two pistols, or they don't get any other... Um... Yeah, they specifically they, remo- they specifically removed their shotguns and replaced it with either two LAS or two auto. And that's literally yeah. the only change in that entire document. Yeah. Um... And there were a couple of other documents that are very similar. Um, apparently, both the Mastodon and uh, Javelin new entries they put up were edited, but I can't work out what they changed. So, um, that's maybe they dropped the points on the Mastodon. It's still under like 690 points, which is still an awful lot. Um, I will mention in the uh, Legi, the Astartes PDF, Rylanor for the Emperor's Children is actually usable now. Here, Valen is the same way for, is now you can take him and take, uh, he counts as a warsmith um, for, for like, Fury of Olympia. That's actually useful as well. That's very useful. So I, I know we, we, have, we touched on Haywire a bit, and we didn't really discuss this at that time, but we, we probably should uh, touch on it, is uh, out of the Liber Mechanicum. Yeah, I was sort of building that one. So the big change in Lieber Mechanicum, I mean, they did a lot of small fixes, but I think the one everyone's really going to be talking about is the fixing uh, armages. And actually, this happened... There were two rounds of fixing armages. Uh, they did the first fix that said something that was not quite right, and then they went subtly a couple of days later and went and fixed the armages are affected by Haywire Detonation Armor Bane Battlesmith as if it had the Dreadnought unit type. Which is nice. Um, makes armages a lot weaker than they were, which is not probably the best thing in the world for night households, but at least there's a sort of balance in it now. Well, I mean, it, it makes much more sense. It does make armagers more in line with, uh, with everything else, uh, like dreadnoughts and everything. That said, Armagers were really the strength of night households because, honestly, knights being vehicles, vehicles are still kind of squishy in this edition. And so uh, even with their invul save, knights tend to fall apart pretty quickly, uh, especially if you're up against a shooting army, as uh, as John Christensen has attested to from uh, several events that he's gone with his knights. Um he has fun with them, but yeah, apparently they uh, they just get squitted. Yeah, I mean, every time I fought those knights, it's yeah, the game's over before it starts. Really, even even if you think I didn't bring enough anti tank, you did. Yeah, the only time I've been beaten by a knight was when I actually passed a combat resolution check to stay in combat with it, so I couldn't open up on it. Well, it's really nice to get this fix on Armingers. They do need to do something about knights in general. They still are incredible glass cannons. Um, but it's a hard thing to balance because if they become too good, then they're gonna... it's going to be so easy to make them to be too good. I think it's the the line we're trying to walk with. And, and the problem, and, and the problem is, is there's no simple, quick, easy fix for them either. Because um, no. just going, oh well, we're going to give them a few more hull points. That might take them a little too far the other direction you know or it's okay we're going to make them a little more durable by giving them um it will not die but the problem is you have to live long enough for that it will not die roll to go and then hope it works you know so easy fixes are are not going to be uh something we can really do with knights but yeah i i just i don't know that a pure knight army as much as i think they're cool in concept i just don't think a pure knight army is practical or ever will be practical in this rule set without a massive overhaul. No, and I think it's uh, and there's a sense of scale as well. I don't really want to see... I mean, I think how 
Knight armies running around are a bit like having titans fighting each other. It's like, yeah, it's cool to have them on the table, but this isn't a game. Well, there is a reason why I have uh, a, a pretty decent-sized House Raven knight household built up with armorers and knights and everything. And the only time they've ever seen the table in Heresy 1.0 or 2.0 is in Mega Battles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which, you know, goes to... I'm, I'm slowly becoming anxious that we see some form of Apocalypse rule set. Um, I'm really hoping that at some point we get an exemplary battle that is how to do mega battles. I know there's a lot of people out there who run really good mega battles as is, but it'd be really nice if Games Workshop was to talk to some of those people and put together a you know small PDF and be like, hey, this is how you do mega battles in the Horus Heresy, and uh, here is a PDF for it. And then you know, the last time they did any type of uh, apocalypse. Mega battle type thing was for 40k. They did their uh, their apocalypse 40k, in mm-hmm. which they basically adapted the old epic rules to 28 mil scale. Yeah. And with the new epic coming out, that might not be that far a stretch for heresy. No, I know. I mean, we could do something along those lines, but uh, I think there's space for some, you know, something that feels like old sc- old style apocalypse. We'll see. And undoubtedly, they're thinking about it because they're. On the content content mill as much as anyone else's, they've got to keep on pumping out the ideas to keep their products moving off the shelves. My first taste of heresy was was a mega battle. It was for Thanksgiving here down here in Houston last year, and I I ran Armigers and it was the the MVP of my entire force was one of the um uh the ones with the not the Helverins, but the ones with uh the Melta Cannons. And it, it wasn't he was he wasn't single handedly killing tanks. He was picking off other people's work as well. And it was just grav web uh, grav weapons and and haywire weapons doing nothing to it. It's like okay, this is kind of gross. Clearly, that's where you just need to start shooting it with uh, destructor weapons, destroyer weapons. I think I think he did end up in the line of fire of that big uh, Mechanicum Sonic Ordinatus. Um, he, he did okay until the end of the game. Uh, my Serastus went down before he did. So moving from sort of mega battles, I think we've sort of gone over most of the big things in the FAQs. There are piles of other small stuff. I'm not doing the full read out every change show. Um, what I think I want to sort of go around the room, so to speak, and uh, talk about is what hasn't been fixed. The community was alive in the weeks before the FAQ with talking about, you know, things that were still wrong in the game. Is there anything you're, that's still on your mind that needs to be resolved in the next round of FAQs from Games Workshop? Uh, Brandon, do you have any, any thoughts? Um, I can't speak from experience on this one. Um, just in conversation with some folks, I've heard that uh, custodies are pretty far out of line as far as the power level of the rest of the game. Uh, but like I said, I, I haven't actually played them, so I don't don't have a lot to speak to there. I'll I'll second that. Uh, from what I've heard, it's been the same. I was overseeing, uh, like I was watching somebody else's game, and they were telling me about it. Where taking Valdor is a nerf. There, if because of the way that this list is set up with the Hecatons. Yeah, my game against my games against Custodes have been always really hard for. But at the same time, I think they're in a place where they are fine. Um, they are beatable. You've just got to have a. You just got to be able to shoot them. Um, so, which you know, some armies can. Um, my word bearers struggle with because we want to go in close combat, and so do they. So the one that I had come up uh, at Wars on Houston, and that I saw show up, it wasn't one I suggested, but I saw it show up in a variation on it in uh, the uh, heresy accountability buddies list that they put together is regarding reactions and triggers is can one unit trigger multiple reactions Um, in their thing it was like if one unit moves but they're near multiple units does uh, multiple units get to if you have more than one reaction in the movement phase can you move multiple units by one unit triggering it 
I know they extrapolated that out to, you know, if somebody declares a disordered charge, can more than one unit react for Overwatch or or hold the line? And can they do different reactions? Uh, where I ran into it was um, a, a deep strike. Everything in my opponent's army had an augury scanner. And so the unit came in, a deep struck in, scattered, so they were out in the open. And literally every unit in the army shot at it because it was the only unit coming in from reserve that turn. Actually, that brings up a good point of something I'd like to see. I'd like to see a hike on points for augury scanners. Uh, well, this goes back to why I think shooting is a little overpowered. Is is it? It is not a common thing, but it is also n- not hyperbole to say my opponent can shoot me three times in my own turn. The two things I want to see with shooting reactions is the first one is I want them to remove the part from the FAQ that says uh, you can react to zooming flyers uh, coming on. Coming off reserve, I'd like because according to my reading of the core book, uh, zooming fly should be able to fly on and you know only be targeted by um, flyers doing the air patrol. Well, I mean, it. I'd have to go back and look at the uh, the the core rules, but I think it actually says uh, flyers can be reacted to with intercept, which is the only reaction you can use to them. It do it. Specifically, called the way it words through without the FAQ, it, but it's pretty, it's fairly clear that it's like, well, my reading of it is like, you know, if you come on with a zooming flyer, the only thing that could intercept, can react to them is another zooming flyer. It could theoretically intercept, but, or it could come on through a combat air patrol. But, or, um, I, I think fixing that so, you know, give flyers a bit more space on the board would be really useful. And my second fix would be, I really, really, really think that uh, the defensive weapon rule needs to be rolled out to anything that isn't, like, not just tanks. So the only things you can react with would be those lower than strength six or lower weapons. I think it would do a long way to nerf the crazed interceptor fire you get when you show up in Overwatch. But at the same time, you know, meaning things like tactical squads still could put out a hail a bolt of fire on something coming close to them. Which would oddly make things like that worse to a deep strike nearer. A deep strike close to. Um, but I think that'd be good for those those type of units. Uh, again, I just... Shooting is already kind of strong in this edition, and then shooting reactions mm. make it even stronger. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there are other things in the game, like missions and whatnot, that make a true castle or turtle army not really practical in the game uh, if you actually intend mm-hmm. to win. But at the same time, the basic rule system really does in, uh, encourage you to make something of a uh, of a really strong shooting castle army. So, yeah, I mean that's you know it's why the Imperial Fists flanks water lists are so powerful. Yeah, uh, build the best turtle. And die slowest. But uh, yeah. Other than that, I think we're in a pretty good spot. Um, I'm sure six months' time, we'll be have another round of, you know, people getting anxious where the next set of FAQs are. But it's it does feel, and I'm, that, you know, it's not been forever since the last round of FAQs. Like, I don't think it's been a full year. So, you know, we're not in. It's, that's the best way to put this. It feels like we're having attention paid to us as a community, and uh, that uh, you know, Games Workshop hasn't just let Horus Heresy die, as some people have wanted to suggest. It shows they're listening, and they do have a uh, an FAQ email, which unfortunately I do not have ready to hand to call out, but they do have an FAQ email. It shows that they're using it. It shows that they're paying attention. We just need uh, a bit more tweaking, and I, I think we're good. Okay. Well, it's um, we've been going a bit now. So we'll do once sort of around the group again. Uh, sort of closing thoughts, if you've got any shout-outs you want to make and the like. Uh, we'll start with you, Will. Any thought, final thoughts? I'm just happy to, to see the FAQs come out. I'm still a little bit uh, not quite so happy with that uh, close combat um, reaction change because, you know, that was one of the, the few things is, you know, trying to tease out reactions and now they just made it no point in teasing out reactions on in the melee phase but uh 
Otherwise, I'm, I'm generally positive on these. I, I think they went a little too far with Fulmentaris, but I get it. Um, but yeah, aside from those two uh, things, I'm, I'm generally positive on, on everything we've seen. Cameron, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, nothing that wasn't just already said. It's I'm about the same. I'm generally positive. Uh, Brandon, closing thoughts, shoutouts, the like. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of the same boat. I'm pretty happy with uh, everything in this FAQ. Is it perfect, in my opinion? No, but uh, it's it's pretty pretty good, and a lot of a lot of really good changes. Um, I will shamelessly plug my own podcast, Legion Cast. We just released our yep. episode on no no fear that was a lot of fun um and then you know martin you're a uh occasional guest as well so uh, if you guys are interested in the heresy lore cast then uh, check us out yeah no i'm i'm, I'm just start i i was just gonna start the no no fear and then i realized who your guest was and i was like i need to go back and make sure i'm listening to this one so yeah we had a we had a pretty big guest for that one um and really excited to have him on I'll let people look him up to work out who we're talking about. But, uh, I think with that, we'll uh, call it a day for today. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next exciting installment of Buzz of Betrayal. Until then. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. And we will see you in two weeks. If you have any questions for the show, please email us at firesofbetrayal at gmail.com or reach out through our social media account or at reserve to their respective owners. Until next time, we wish you all good fortune.